Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So two weeks from this Sunday, God's people will be gathered for Zion's 75th anniversary. Our committee deserves thanks for helping to groom a path toward that big day with all the mailers and signs and excitement. And for some, it might be your first time to celebrate a church anniversary. Others, certainly, many of you, remember prior anniversaries at Zion as if it was just like yesterday. That being said, what you heard today from St. James, and what he notes for us is the danger of partiality. And yet this sin of playing favorites can be far more than just about monetary rich and poor stuff, though that's a real thing. It can happen with different times in life for a church. Loved members have died. Others have left. New faces have come. This pastor, now that pastor. One building replaces another. And Wabash, for this community, had its own different seasons too. Today's gospel reading then deals with a man unable to hear. It also affected, as you know, his speaking with muddled words. Indeed, his poverty was beyond monetary need, but isolation and communicating with anybody. Blessing in the medical field, as you know, for us today, offers many blessings, procedures to restore hearing to those who were born deaf. As aging, though, naturally brings hearing loss, someone of my generation might have to give up the Walkman or the headphones and be introduced someday to what you guys might know, some of you, the hearing aid. There go the earbuds. Also, we know barriers of isolation have broken down by things like sign language and speech therapy. There are even a few churches, if you have been fortunate enough to be in one, there's a couple out there, even Lutheran ones, but that's far from few between. Maine's 95-8% unchurched, those who are unable to hear. Of course, one having personal desires for hearing and speaking is one thing for all of us, but it's less important compared to God directing his care toward us. As a professor writes, this divine hearing and speaking does not come from taking a speech course, but is worked in our hearts by the Holy Spirit through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's good for everybody, even when you may not be able to hear anymore. It still comes for you. This miracle, you see, of faith, God worked, and he continues to give here at Zion. Actions speak loudly, even from Jesus, as we see today, but his word changes everything for sinners. 
And so rather than bias, Jesus comes, as we know, to bless by his presence. One bias was evident just by the place that he was going, in the Decapolis, a foul region southeast of the Sea of Galilee. Instead of the talk we've had the past couple Sundays about handling things by washed hands or eating food like the Levitical laws, Jesus steps right in now to an uncomfortable territory that would be for any kind of Jew. Isaiah's messianic word you heard today of healing, it literally applied to the wilderness and thirsty of the Gentiles. Since Jesus committed no sin, as you know, born without it, partiality had no place with him. He only saw every opportunity to enact the royal law of love as given by God. The gospel, as you know, actually has one bias. And here it is. St. Paul told it to Timothy, who was not to limit his praying, since God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now there's another bias, too, a less known one by the place, but it was about something against Jesus something that they all held in that place against Jesus, but now they come to him begging for help. You see, it wasn't the first time for Jesus to enter the Decapolis region. St. Mark, a couple chapters earlier in chapter 5, here's Jesus, he notes, casting out a legion of demons from a man, and he knew where all those legions of demons went, into a herd of... Pigs, you know it. It's a great event, right? But do you know what happened after that event? The people in the Decapolis regions begged Jesus to leave. They didn't want him there. He broke their economy. He changed their whole perspective of life. And they said, leave, please. But yet, here's the key. Jesus left that healed man from demons. He left him there, telling him these words. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Jesus granted their wish, but he didn't do it so much because he left the guy there who had the word given to his life. Nothing more is said, though, about his witness. We don't have some kind of model for ministry, some kind of program to follow. We don't know. But we do know this. We know the Holy Spirit was at work to change that sinful bias among those people. It took a little time, but the Holy Spirit was at work. Because when Jesus returns, as we read today and hear, here's the people now begging him to heal a deaf man, cut off from the community, from everybody. And the big thing here is that they actually cared about the guy. Before, they probably did not. But the Holy Spirit worked upon their hearts and minds to offer him up to Jesus. What we discover is that Jesus, when he encounters this moment, 
is, has a kind of a customized care towards sinners. The people wanted the traditional laying on of hands. We want it the way we've always seen it done. Give it to the way we're comfortable with. But there was greater compassion to give. Instead of a spectacle for the crowds, you heard what happened. The Lord of life takes them aside in a personal way to communicate with the man for him to hear the gospel. And this is the way he communicated it with lots of actions. None of it was magical. And some of it was a lot, very frankly, strange. Putting your fingers in someone's ears and spitting on their tongue and pulling on it would be kind of weird. But it all was communicating to the man because he could see it all being done. It was all for him. And at last, a single word came. Ephatha, be opened, was the command. And it gave a double miracle. Did you catch it? The first is obvious. He could hear. The second, even more great. He could speak plainly. Did you catch that? That's the miracle. He could speak. He didn't have any time to have to go through speech class or learn the vocables and all the definitions of words. He could speak as if he never went to school and he's got it all. And instantly, he's a social butterfly within the community speaking of Christ and what he did. The compassion of Christ is customized care now made known by his cross. That's what he tells the whole world by his great sacrifice. This God's spectacle of healing tells us personally that he dealt with our sin and death. That's kind of like, well, I know that. Never was bad to hear it. But it also tells us the injuries that bear upon our life he knows. And he comes to personally care with that in a unique way through his word and the ministry he sends pastors. Since Jesus' actions speak loudly of love, it means his suffering and death fulfilled what Isaiah later proclaims for our health. There's no better health you could have than what Jesus does by his death and resurrection to hope in what he can do for our life. And this is what Isaiah later tells us. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. This customized care is the compassionate benefits Jesus now gives of himself by his gospel and the sacraments. And that's not just a Lutheran thing to categorize in your brain as a doctrine, but it's the way that the ministers of Christ come to care. Not just for a church publicly on a Sunday, but personally for your lives. None of this is worthy of receiving by our actions. It's all a care of grace by Jesus to give faith by what he speaks. And whatever we make of ourselves, because this man made nothing of his life, in Christ's love changes. His great joy is to forgive. 
Be opened is a gift for deaf ears like ours. And we pray Jesus continues to create and sustain this faith against all anxieties in our hearts. So I would expect in these days, because of what we've had to suffer through, and this suffering isn't just a sickness, it's how it's worked upon your lives and caused much injuries. I would expect, though, that God's people have been built up in faith, and then we pray. We pray like we've never prayed. Asking God, a lot more than a miracle for getting better from a sickness, that we can still believe, and His Word would still move our hearts to repent and trust in Jesus. You see, amazingly, Christ does all things well, opening our lives to confess Him. You get that? You did that today, right? The pastor came up, reads the Gospels. Our deaf ears hear it. We go back up here. The pastor says we now make a great confession of the faith, and we say the words of the Apostles' Nicene Creed. Get it? You're hearing, and now you're confessing. Built right into the liturgy. As you know, there was to be silence. That's what Jesus told them. But the people spoke freely. So what happens when they speak of Jesus in the gospel? More ears heard and more mouths would speak. It was already a fairly large crowd by the time too, mind you. But it was only about a few months off before his great sacrifice but you see, the great miracle of death and resurrection for, is granted to us for Jesus has, had not yet occurred. They didn't see that yet. But what happened is Christ's kingdom came to that Decapolis place. It did something. And here it is. Ears and mouths is how the gospel went forth. St. Paul says, you've heard it. In Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But we think of that too personally. If you confess with your mouth, that means other people around you too will hear that. And the Holy Spirit will work upon their hearts and minds, and they too will have and hear the gift of salvation. You see, Luther reminds us this. Therefore, if the tongue and the ears are removed, there is no noticeable difference between the kingdom of Christ and the world. Let me read it again. If the tongue, what you confess and say, witness, make known, and the ear from what we're hearing of the word are removed, there is no noticeable difference between the kingdom of Christ and the world. This miracle to hear and speak the word gives reason to act in love to the isolated. There is much pain in our world today far exceeding physical disabilities on the body. Communicating is important for community be it in the family, our church, or even our society. When all this stuff happened, I kept saying, and I don't say it enough, I failed. You're just going to have to talk. Emails don't even be good enough. Text messages aren't honorable enough. You've just got to talk as much as you can. 
Or you won't have the love to survive these days. And you will lose the gospel. And yet, what do we see going on? People talk past each other. Disrespect over who says what. Or we can't even get a word in at all. In these kind of cases, actions do speak loudly. These actions to bear crosses and pains, even when there is an empty silence without a word of the gospel. But here's the key. Don't fool yourselves. Sooner or later, works of love, those actions by the baptized, break the surface. Being able to share that word to fix eyes, to have ears upon Jesus and what he does for those people. You are world in our society and to the community of Wabash because you walk with Christ in your life with your actions. But more importantly, you have something to finally say when the opportunity arises and the Holy Spirit will work upon hearts and minds as he sees fit and comfort. Grooming the path to celebrate yet adversary for Zion is to confess what the psalmist said today, the Lord is the strength of his people. Actions speak loudly, even from Jesus, but his word changes everything, having opened our ears by the gospel and given us mouths to still speak peace and praise in his name. Amen. The God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.